The series finale of Justified is over. Ah, it's over, but we are just getting started talking about it here live for the first time for the Justified podcast on Post Show Recaps. Uh, And now introducing the man who's been digging podcast coal with me uh, for the past several weeks and months, Antonio Mazzaro. Antonio, how you feeling, buddy? Is 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 we podcasted together the new we dug coal together, Josh? Yeah, we podcasted together in upstate That's, New York, no less. It's a very blue collar occupation. It is. It you is. Can get, indeed. You can yeah. <laughs> um, you can, I have the black podcasting lung. No, Pop. No, it's not happening. No, no I mean, look podcasting no comparison to coal mining but i feel like we have a bond josh nonetheless i don't think i would put you down if given the opportunity i think i would take you in if you make me draw i'll put you down well fair point if you want you're going to pay to find out that i understand that part of it for sure no i very emotional josh but there's no person i'd rather be emotional around uh, in podcast land than you so no absolutely i mean uh we are we are uh the two of us we tend to ramble we tend to take our time getting to the point uh and i think especially tonight i like i want to put off talking about the episode as long as possible because acknowledging that it's over means it's actually over all right what'd you think of the masters this year no 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 we should actually do it uh, oh speed no no his name? i don't know sports all right antonio Let's just let's address it. Let's let's take it down. Uh, justified is done. No more justified. The the song of Raylan Givens has been sung. Uh, the legend of Boyd Crowder is uh, not over, but it's it's over as far as being televised. Um, what did you think? What, I'm, ra- what, I'm, what, I'm what raising a glass. I'm raising a glass here of Kentucky's finest. I'm raising mine as well. I see that you are. Yes, I am. That is a Dharma like, initiative pint that? glass. Yeah. That is a Dharma initiative pint glass yeah. full of water. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I love that finale. There, look, there are finales that, that stand the test of time. There are finales that stand and represent the TV shows that they occurred uh, in the, the ending of. Uh, and there are finales that really that really don't stick the landing. There are ones that don't fit or that are an outlier or maybe represent a show the creators thought they were making the whole time, but that the audience never felt they were making. This is this is a justified finale. Like this is exactly what it needed to be in terms of the emotional beats, the beats for the characters, what the stories meant, uh, who the people meant to each other, and a little violence, a little humor, some great little sneaky cameos, a bit of a win Duffy. Uh, we just we only had it a little, all. only a touch of the wind, but you we know we had a touch of the wind. A little win goes a long way in the series finale. I think it was a good win. It was it's a good a great win. win. Big win. Win for the win. And yeah, uh, yeah he's so this is just little win, is, big victory. This is a great finale for the season and a great finale for the series. And I think that that's always a very difficult landing to stick. There are very few television finales that do both so phenomenally well as Justified did tonight. So I'm, I'm so happy to have seen the episode we just saw, but so sad that it's done. All right. So just to set this up, um, if you are if you are watching us live, that is awesome. We have not been doing the Justified podcasts live all season long. So this is the very first time. Very appropriate occasion. Uh, if you're listening into the archives, business as usual. But if you're watching live, we want to hear from you. We want to get your take on this Justified finale. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Uh, or are you somewhere in between? Which which characters uh, were you happy with their endings? Which ones were you not so happy with? Uh, what questions do you still have? Send all of that our way. Uh, send that on, on, you can send it on Twitter. Send it to Antonio and I. Antonio is at AC Mazzaro with two Zs, one R. I'm at Round Howard. Uh, use the hashtag PS Recaps. So we'll catch your questions that way. Uh, you can also leave them in the chat room. We've got the chat room going on postrecaps.com right now. Uh, we have a comments page on YouTube right now. 
now. So plenty of ways to get your questions to us. We're, we're keeping an eye out. Um, and on top of that, even though we're just going to say this up front, even though the Justified series finale has ended, uh, and even though we are just getting started talking about that episode, this is not the final Justified podcast we are going to do here on Post Show Recaps. Antonio and I are going to come back with another show, uh, not a live show. We're going to do an audio podcast that's going to come out. I think we're talking about next Tuesday, Antonio, uh, is what we're aiming for, where we're just going to take one last look at Harlan County, one last look at Raylan Givens and Boyd and Ava and everybody and what this show meant and, and how this show wrapped um, and just talk about its place in our hearts and in history. Uh, so that's the setup for tonight. Anything else that you want to set up, Antonio? Well, and then in a few years, we're going to do justified lives, right? Where we, yeah, have, no. we do like the best justified deaths, favorite characters, favorite lines of dialogue, favorite episodes. Right. And I will be writing justified too. Yeah. Oh, exactly. The uh, son of justified, which yeah. turns out might actually, <laughs> might actually be a show that could happen. So oh, man, justified. Uh, I don't know, like future justified starring like Zachariah Crowder and Willa and Willa and you know, Willa Givens, I guess her name is. Yeah. That's a terrifying process. <laughs> that's terrifying. You pull on me. I'll put you down. Yeah. With, uh, <laughs> with Raylan as like the new art Mullen. Yeah. Growing a beard in the playoffs, something oh like that. Oh my god, right? yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, we could we could do that, or we or we could do a Muppet Babies version where we could see the younger versions of. This oh, I'm into that. I like that too. Yeah. So yeah, they dug coal together, Josh. They dug coal together. All right, well, let's do this the way that we always do this, Antonio. Let's take it down scene by scene. Uh, again, questions and comments, send them our way. Anything as we're as we're talking through this thing, um, and let's start where last week ended. Uh, we we waste no time. We we begin with Raylan in handcuffs. Uh, he is being escorted uh, to a, a police cruiser, and I don't know about you, but it it was only then that it had occurred to me as a possibility that this could be a crooked cop uh, and that the way to get Raylan into the mix really fast would be for this crooked cop to send him to the Bennett barn. That was kind of where my head was at initially, but that's obviously not where we went. Were you thinking that at all? Or is that just me? I, I wasn't thinking that, but now that you mention it, I think that that, that was very possible. What I actually read from that scene was, Raylan's getting a taste of his own medicine. Like this is the way Raylan has treated people, maybe sometimes a little more acerbic, but he's been closed off and not open to, and we got a little bit of that first scene. Like how many times do you think I've heard that now? How many times do you think I've heard it? So you realize that this is a little bit of a shadow character for Raylan and he quickly finds himself in a position that he's put so many people in, in the past. And maybe he's just getting a little bit of a taste of his own medicine. Raylan, not exactly the, the least uh, dickiest person in the world. Uh, is he more or less Dickie than Dickie Bennett? I see. I knew exactly what was coming. So I got to say, we're in sync, man. This is, this is what we do. Simpatico. I was told to rein it in. Uh, I'm going to rein it in. Don't rein it in. Rain it out. Rain it out. Rain all over the place, rain dance. This is our night, Antonio. This is our night. We're going to start it over. We're going to rain it out. Yeah. No, I, I actually did think that this was, this was just meant to show Raylan kind of getting a taste of his own medicine and having to deal with some law enforcement officer telling him to shut up and, and, and that he wasn't going to hear it. So that was my read on it. But I, I agree. Your read is totally valid. Uh, we've seen Crooked Cop for Crooked Cop. So there you go. Yeah, I just thought that that was a possibility. And, you know, at the time, I was just thinking, like, how are they going to do this? 
You know, <laughs> how is this show going to finish everything that it needs to finish? I just thought like that would be one way to fast forward, but they, they figure their way through this problem pretty quickly. Uh, so we, when we see Raylan, he's in a tough situation. When we see Boyd for the first time in this episode, he is at a low. Uh, he is, he is looking around the cabin for that money. He cannot find it. Uh, he finds dynamite. That's going to come in handy. Eventually he finds cigarettes. That's going to come in handy as far as relieving some stress probably. And then he's going to find a shovel that's covered in dirt. Uh, and he thinks that he is going to be able to dig out the money from somewhere. The money is buried nearby. Yeah. And I, I got to think that it probably, probably is right. Like, I think that that's pretty good thinking on Boyd's part. It sure seems like that would be because he was kind of flashing through that cabin, just knocking stuff over really just kind of like a Tasmanian devil bull in a China shop kind of thing and nothing. But then the shovel, it really does. We know Zachariah dug a hole. He dug a hole together. So I don't know. Exactly <laughs> yeah. where he and Ava dug a hole together. So I don't know. I don't know where that money was, but I got to think that thinking that it was in the grounds, pretty good guess. I think that's a pretty good guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that's the out, outlying question of the episode in a lot of ways is where was the money and who has it? Like who, who was Ava's accomplice? I mean, we'll get into more detail on that later on, but uh, I love that question. I think, I think that's really fun to still chew on. It's like, it's our own Drew Thompson mystery, you know? It really is. And it yeah. was, that was shot and shown in a very kind of similar it's way. It's our own Drew Thompson mystery that we are never going to resolve. And I love it. I think that's great. I hope the creators of the show keep their lips pretty tight about what their intention was and just let it be. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, so that's where Boyd is at. Uh, and yeah, I love that these first three scenes are all about our three main characters and they're very, very different, but no less dangerous situations. Um, Ava is in the Bennett barn. She, she's brought to the Bennett barn. She's got a backpack full of cash. It's not enough cash. Avery Markham, before he really digs into her, wants to give her her due props. Uh, he says, Ava, remember that first day I laid eyes on you and told you for a woman to survive in this life, she had to be tougher than the men. Any woman who killed her husband and puts a bullet in her new fiance. My compliments on your grit. Uh, but after that, it's down to business. He he just needs that money. He needs that money fast. Uh, and she says, "Well, you know, I I was uh, with my uncle Zachariah, and he's up in the mountains, and he's got it. And uh, yeah, maybe we could do something about that together." Yeah, uh, and that uh, she didn't want to give Zachariah up. But God love Ava. She's really holding out to the bitter end, worried about Uncle Zachariah. So she's being a little selfless in that moment, but she does eventually have to give him up, obviously. And unfortunately, there's not much of Zachariah left to give up, is there? No, uh, that shovel would be good for just like shoveling Zachariah paste. Yeah, she's giving up the ghost at that point. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of Zachariah left. There's a little Zachariah in the future, but not a lot in the present. Boom. Yeah. Boom. And I don't mean exploding Zachariah. Boom went the dynamite. Um, yeah, so we, we go from there. We go into the mountains, uh, the the feds, the marshals. Everybody is crawling all over these mountains. Everybody's looking for, for, the, for the goddamn money. Everybody's looking for Boyd and Ava Crowder. Uh, we get word of Dewey, Dewey Crow's gator teeth. Uh, yeah. and, and Raylan is going to hear about this over the radio in the back of the cop car. Yeah. It's an inch longer and sharper than shit. Uh-huh. That's correct. That sounds <laughs> about right when it comes to Dewey Crow as well. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. If you go back and watch the pilot, which I did before this episode, Dewey Crow has the most fantastic haircut. And I highly recommend if you don't remember what Dewey Crow's prime haircut was, go back and check it out. It is phenomenal. Uh, I watched the pilot, too. I watched it uh, about two hours ago, I guess, or maybe three at this point. Uh, but I watched it earlier tonight to kind of get myself amped up for the finale. That was a terrific choice. It was yes. a great choice. There was a lot of great callbacks to the pilot in this uh, in this final episode. 
Yeah, we'll we'll definitely hit them along the way. But yeah. uh, did you did you think this was? I mean, we speculated on this last week how the Gator Tooth Necklace was going to come into play. Is that enough? You just I mean, Raylan puts the pieces together pretty pretty quickly here about that it's the Gator Tooth Necklace, and he knows what he means. Are you are you following his line of thinking there? That uh, well, he saw Ava had it. You know, Ava presented the Gator Teeth to him a few episodes back. Uh, so Raylan knows that if these Gator Teeth have been abandoned, then that is Ava being the one who dropped them. Uh, so he knows that that uh, Ava must have gotten picked up somewhere. So yeah, I I think that that's legit. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think that's legit. But the cop doesn't want to hear it, even though like he asks over the radio, and yeah, it's confirmed. It's the Gator Teeth, and it's an it's an alligator necklace. But it's not good enough to surrender Raylan and let you know Raylan off the chain and let him go and do his Raylan Givens thing. But luckily for Raylan, uh, they're gonna they're gonna pull over into a station, and Art is gonna be waiting for him. He'd like to be the one to take him in. Uh, this officer doesn't want Art to be the one to take him in. Uh, so instead, he says, uh, nope, you're going to have to talk to my boss. And Art has one of the great lines of the night by saying, uh, if you don't change your attitude right quick, I'm going to tear you a new asshole that you can fit a watermelon in. It's not the kind of uh, beehole that you want. I got to tell you, that's like opening an umbrella up there. It's like not part of what you want to have happen to your to your nethers, to your beehole. So that is... Uh, I, and Art looks like the kind of guy that might make a, a decent good on that threat. So that is a, that's a pretty terrifying possibility there. It's pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want that to happen. Uh, but yeah, so this, that's like enough of a threat that at least we're going to go into the station. We're going to figure this out. We're going to walk in and we're going to see if we can't uh, surrender Raylan to Art's custody. Uh, but that's going to take a little while. First, we're going to have to go back to the cabin. Uh, we're going to see uh, Boyd is going to stumble upon uh, McGroob's or <laughs> yeah, thirty seconds, McGroobser, or should I say, thirty <laughs> months ago, you probably passed away. And boy, yeah. boy, that, that's a kind of terrifying discovery. Although, if you're digging a hole that is about person sized, and you don't expect to possibly find a person in there, I'm not sure what you're doing. But you're not. I mean, did he just think that there was no chance there'd be a body in there? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking, but uh, he definitely should have been thinking. Ah, probably a corpse down here. Maybe some money as well. He struck at Groobs. Maybe he was looking for one-eyed Willie. I don't know. Yeah, well, speaking of one-eyed Willie, we'll find one, him later. One-eyed Willie's rich stuff. Yeah. yeah. We'll find, we'll find uh, a little one-eyed Willie later. How about, how about this? I don't know what you're saying, by the way. I, I keep hearing you say that in like such a suggestive way, and it makes me... Um, Makes me a little uncomfortable. Ain't it? We're live. We're live We're here live. on YouTube, Josh. Anything could happen. Anything could happen, including a little cameo from One-Eyed Willie. Uh, but we have, a, we have a phone ringing inside of Groobs' cabin. Uh, for all the things that are you know going on in, in Shea Groobs, I didn't expect there to be a working telephone. Uh, that seemed like a shock to me. Yeah, my mom was very surprised by that as well. I watched the finale with my my mom and my brother, and uh, and she was like, "There's a phone working." In <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. At least it was one of those old school phones, right? Like it was actually ringing. Like it wasn't rotary like a, phone. Yeah, he didn't have you know like a, there wasn't like a Samsung Galaxy S six in there. My but wife's my wife's parents still use wife. rotary phone. Do they really? I laugh. Yeah. Yes. Do they have to get like special dispensation from the Pope or someone to use that thing? No, they still have that. They still have um, a great TV from like 1991 is the one TV in their house. Is that true? Yeah, You have to control the volume by going up to it and, and spinning the dial. Oh dear. It's awesome. No, it's great. It's so I like these there. people. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I, I'm, I'm surprised that Groobs, I'm surprised Groobs even has a rotary phone. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a very good point. Like, but somebody's got to call him to uh, engage his. He's got to find some way to communicate with these people who are looking to be smuggled out of Harlan over the mountain, I guess. I guess. I guess so. It's like the it's the groups phone. It's the uh, groups phone. You got to You just throw up the group signal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that looks like. Is it just like a cadaver's face in the moonlight? <laughs> yes, it is. It's the most terrifying thing you'd ever see rise over your town if you yeah. were a child. It's like a, it's like the, the mark of the Death Eaters. Yeah, yeah, oh, the dark mark? The dark mark. Yeah, I'm pressing against my forearm right now. The groove's mark. What's going to happen? Are you Slytherin? I'm not. I think I, I thought you were I, Ravenclaw. You think Ravenclaw? Yeah, you're so smart. No, oh, thank you. What are you? Hufflepuff. Good Hufflepuff <laughs> took all the rest, Josh. You shouldn't what, feel sad about that. Listen, hey, Robert Pattinson was a Hufflepuff, and I, uh, I know I'm no Robert Pattinson, but I aspire. I aspire. So what would Ava Crowder be? Uh, Ava Crowder would be Gryffindor. She's brave. She's certainly brave in this next scene, right? When she plays it really close to the vest here with, uh, with Avery Markham standing over her and she's got Boyd on the other end of the line. Oh, she plays it real cool. Uh, we, we get her on the phone. She thinks that she's going to get in touch with Uncle Zachariah and it's Boyd. And he says, oh, he can't come to the phone right now, you're Zachariah. Uh, and Ava, it, she plays it cool. She says, oh, thank God you're okay, Uncle Zachariah. Totally Zachariah. Uh, I, was, I was worried that Boyd had gotten to you. <laughs> Let me speak to you in that special Randolph yeah. language we invented long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still speaking Randolph right now. No, I kind of did think that like she blew it in the first line uh but avery markham was so angry that i just i think that all he sees is green uh at this moment it's like a combination of red and green and it's not christmas it's it's blood and money uh and maybe a little weed as well uh and i think that he just he's just so laser focused on that and doesn't have a lot of other options um it's been fairly well established too that he's not exactly the sharpest knife in the drawer so no really not i do do think that by the end of this thing we can say that i think that we can pretty fairly say uh that avery markham the big bad wolf was not the big bright wolf the brainy wolf i think he was kind of uh, a dumb wolf you got a problem with the way i think about things a little tiny bit but not the way you talk the way you talk is fantastic I got my head tilted to the side so you'll know i'm serious yeah well you've got both of your eyes so i know that you're not actually one-eyed willie one-eyed willie one one-eyed avery that's what i was getting at yeah, i know what you're getting at. i oh well i'm I, not sure I, if but the way know. you said it it still sounded gross uh but yeah so they they have this you know this fake conversation where she is basically saying you know everything that Boyd needs to hear if she is going to drag Boyd out into the open uh, to get Boyd to come and save her, which is pretty terrifying. That that is her best chance of survival uh, is to call Boyd right now. Uh, but I guess I guess she's got to do what she's got to do here. Uh, but well, she, she is the only person alive who does know where the money is, and that's if right. Boyd wants any shot at that money, he's going to have to make some kind of bargain with her to get to it. So. Yeah. She's smart enough, even in the moment, to recognize that, that that's her saving grace right now is she has a very valuable, a $9 million piece of information. And keeping her alive and fighting for, for her for that $9 million is probably worth it, at least to Boyd. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to he's going to at least, you know, kind of take a stand here and say, uh, that's fine. Let's let's do this. But we're meeting at Compass Rock uh, two miles east of the trailhead. And so he's setting the terms for where they're going to meet, where they're going to where they're going to intersect. Um but he's going to have some trouble getting to where he wants to go. Yeah. He says, well, first of all, he says, tell him to send an unarmed man. What are the chances of that actually happening? <laughs> not high. I mean, that's like the, that's a Ava smartly like edits that on the fly and does not say he said, send an unarmed man because Markham would actually sniff that out. I feel like. And also and he, laugh in her face. He also sends a very armed man. He sends like a Vishnu. Like this is like, there are many arms on this man here. Yeah. Uh, and it's arm is called Jenny. 
Yes, that's one of them for sure. Yeah, that's one of them for sure. Uh, and also the order, the standing order for Boone, who's taking Loretta with him. The standing order is to make sure that the old man has my money, all of it, and then kill him. Uh, which doesn't seem like that speaks well for Ava's survival odds in Avery's hands. It definitely doesn't because he's, he's, he's ready to close. He's ready to tie these loose ends up for sure. Like he's ready to close the book on everything Harlan and get his money back and get, you know, get figure out exactly what his next move in Harlan is, but he's got to, he's got to get that 9 million before he can do anything. So he's going to tie up these loose ends for sure. He's going to tie them up for sure. Uh, but you know, we, we got other business to attend to first. We've got art and Raylan art is driving Raylan. He's going to bring him back to, to Lexington. He, he gloats a little bit. He says, I told you I'd get you. I, I told you I had this classic art, classic, classic art, art, just walking all over Raylan like that. Yeah. But it doesn't take very, it doesn't take very long for the, for the, the team to reform here for uh, the super friends to get back together. Does it? It takes no effort. <laughs> it takes, no, I mean, not at all. Really? It, it takes absolutely no effort. They were on uh, finale time for sure. Yeah, they, they were, they didn't have any time for like a big scene, like a big kiss and makeup scene. They were going to do that wordlessly over a glass of bourbon later on. Uh, they had no time for that here. They just had to become the super friends again. So do you get, do you get the sense that art stepped in because he was ready to do that? Or do you think art's plan really was to take Raylan back and Raylan immediately talked him out of it? Uh, I think it's the first thing. Don't you, don't you think that art knew that he was probably gonna like, maybe part of him thought that he was going to take Raylan back to Lexington. And I think basically the moment he lays eyes on him, he's like, oh, God damn it. I'm, yeah, totally, I think I'm that's totally just going to team up with Raylan here. That's, I think that's when he started feeling weak. I think he had planned to just take him back. Yeah. And then when he saw the situation, he saw the way the cop was being, when he had to make it federal, I think then he, he, cause when he gives Raylan his gun and badge back, he just kind of swears at him. It was like, oh, God, really? I mean, like, come on like that. He's just like, all right, we're going to do this. But for, for, for F's sake, Raylan, like, let it go. Come on. We got to do this. Let it go. Uh, from Susan Appleby in the chat room who self identifies as a Gryffindor, uh, uh, Susan says, uh, referring, I think, to, to Avery, uh, as we discussed a minute ago about how he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Susan says, too much weed, too much weed, too many stoners. Uh, I think Is that she's talking about the podcast or Avery. I don't think she's talking about the podcast, uh, Antonio. Yeah. Uh, I think I think talking about Avery and I think that that explains why maybe some of his decisions were a little dull. Well, Boyd does the, the product too much. Boyd, he's, yeah, he's, he's getting high on his own supply. Yeah. Boyd does kind of remark on that later. He's like, Forrest Stone, are you sure are very quick on the uptake or whatever? So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, that might be it. Um, all right. How about this for absolutely crazy? I couldn't believe that this was happening uh, as I was watching it was Boyd versus the Marshalls in the mountains. Um, I don't know what I expected, but I didn't expect to see in this episode Boyd throwing dynamite at Tim Gutterson. Uh, that's just not something that I thought was going to be happening. If like I had my justified bingo card that would not have been on there. He was like a video game villain, like just some kind of like a, like problem that you have to encounter. It's like, no, you got to wait. You got to, you got to time out the patterns of his throws and you got to yeah. run up the hill before he throws the next one and put him down. You gotta, yeah. You got to wait until his teeth start glowing and then you can, then you can wound him. He's vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. You see him, you just wait for those white teeth to pop up. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's what he was like. He's like a little mini boss or something. Like you just got to yeah. time it out. Yeah, it was definitely a mini bros. boss. Mini yeah. boss, not not final boss quite yet, but it's like halfway through the level, you come up to the guy with the glow in the dark teeth, and he's throwing a dynamite <laughs> stick at you every five seconds. 
Yes, I mean, this is uh, the Edgar Wright directed version of Justified, and I love it. It's a good version of Justified. I like it quite a bit. Uh, was he when when the marshals are shooting at him, when the marshals and the feds are shooting at him as he's running up the mountains, did he get shot again? Or is it just he's still really injured from what had happened to him uh, when Ava shot him? I thought they might have winged him a little, but I didn't get any sense of that. He's in any limping around and stuff, you know? Yeah, he was kind of stumbling up the hill. I honestly thought Gut- old Gutterson might be able to get a better shot off, but I guess... He was pretty far away. It was, again, Gutterson using a pistol. Not exactly uh, – I mean, I, I'm a little surprised we didn't get some some final Gutterson kind of sniping in this final season, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, let's just call it what it is. Tim's uh, shooting game was off this season. It really was, and there were no apricots that were that were claimed. Maybe apricots weren't in season. Maybe it's this no drought apricots. in California. No apricots. Apricot, uh, Josh. It's no, apricot. No. Well, in upstate New York, they call it apricot. No, 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 no. I just revealed the secret of upstate New York. <laughs> it's the most boring produce-related secret ever. No, no, no. There's a lot darker secrets, like uh, how we... No, uh, no, 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 no. All right. Okay. I'll move on from Read that. Read it in, Josh. Uh, but it was, it was amazing. It was, it was amazing to see uh, Boyd tossing dynamite. You know, I do... The only thing that I would have loved to see in that scene that we did not get is uh, a certain phrase. Can you guess the phrase that I would have loved to see uh, Boyd shouting at the marshals as he's throwing dynamite? Fire in the hole. That would be the one. Yeah, that would have been pretty solid. I, I think the fact that he didn't maybe, shout it. Maybe a little on the nose if they'd done it, but. Well, I think the fact that he didn't shout it is probably evidence that he, he was not, he was really cage animal Boyd Crowder at that point. He was not fun loving rapscallion sort of vandal uh, outlaw Boyd Crowder screaming fire in the holes. He's throwing dynamite at the U S marshals as crazy as that whole scenario sounds. He really was just trying to buy himself some time. And he was a, he was a cornered animal on the run. I, I mean, I, I appreciate that. We don't exactly know how he got out of there, uh, but it is kind of crazy that he got out of that situation considering and there was a chopper overhead. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper, boy. You have to get there now. Come boy, on. Get out. You can't be here. Who is your daddy and what does he do? He's, he's dead. My daddy's dead. Don't, don't talk about him. <laughs> no, I mean, it is funny that there's a chopper flying over his head. There's marshals all around him. Hey, boy, no problem. I'll get out of this. How did he Not- do it? Not only am I getting out of this, I'm going to get out of this with a hostage. Yeah. How did he do that? How did he pull that off? Is it just, are we just going to chalk that up to the legend of Boyd Crowder and leave it alone? I think that's I'm, I'm what okay we do. with that. I'm fine yep. with that. Yep. I think that's what we do. I think that some of it is those, those law enforcement officers, they're not from Harlan. They don't know the Hills. It is very difficult for them to kind of figure out exactly what Boyd knows uh, and exactly where they are and, and what, I mean, you need a topographical map of Harlan County. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're an outsider, for sure. Let's come back to that. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty good. I'm I'm a big fan of that. Uh, just Boyd somehow getting out of there was just unbelievable, unbelievable, and very unexpected. Uh, and then speaking of unexpected, Ike, as this scene was playing out, this scene where Raylan and Art go to the cop bar, uh, I was kind of surprised that we were spending any amount of time on a scene like this in the finale. Uh, when, when we got here, I, I kind of didn't know what the, what the purpose was going to be. Deputy Styles, uh, who, who was this guy? I don't remember this guy very well. This was the guy who let car, let, uh, Carl into Boyd's hospital room for Markham under the auspices of uh, yeah, to sure. kill Boyd. Uh, he was a stupid wiggler. Yeah. 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 And, and then, so Boyd shoots Carl, right? And he doesn't kill Styles at that point. He just kind of pistol whips him, I think, uh, and beats him down and leaves him kind of knocked out. And so this is the next thing we see of him. And that's kind of been, I think, you can tell that that's been a loose end that's been kind of trickling, trickling around in Raylan's head. Like, 
hmm, you were the cop that was beat up on site by Boyd Crowder. You're probably dirty. Uh, you're the one who told Nelson that we, that somebody was outside and we needed to switch. So I need to brace you. I need to figure out what you know. Yeah. Uh, and then there we go. That's exactly what happens. He knows, he knows what he knows. And old Hank Aaron helps him get it, get, get the little, little, the loose lips there. Who's Hank Aaron? Sports. No, I know who Hank Aaron is. Yeah. Do you know, I'm not, don't, 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 uh, Hank on my chain here, Josh. You know who that is? He's a baseball player. He's, yeah. he's the man with the home runs, the home runs. Yes, he is. He is. Yeah. That's like when you, uh, score from the three point line, right? Yeah, sure. Close enough. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, but yeah, so he, he, he beats like the counter with, uh, with, with the, with the Henry Aaron, I believe he calls it the Henry Aaron. Hammer and Hank, the Henry Aaron. Yes. Yeah, Henry yeah, yeah. Aaron. Uh, and the Henry they're, Aaron. They're going to find out that Avery is at the Bennett barn. Um, so it's time to time to go and take care of that. Uh, but you left out the funniest line in this scene. Oh, sure. I did. How about you set that up? No, well, I'll set it up. And I mean, it, the guy says you can't drink in here unless you what? Unless you have a badge or. Yeah. Unless what? You just say it. What do you say? it? No, you say it. I don't like that word. All right, I'll say it. Uh, the guy says to drink here, you need a badge or a pair of tatas. Yes. Uh, and Raylan says, "All right, Art, show him your tatas." <laughs> Classic Raylan. He's such a dick. It was a great. It was. Uh, you know what? When that happened, um, suddenly any any skepticism I had about this scene kind of washed away because no matter the outcome of the scene, it was going to be worth it for that line. Uh, it was just a classic justified moment to have in your justified finale. Uh, really, in a way, I mean, do you do you agree with this? I feel like in a way that line embodies a lot of what I love about this show. Just how how unexpected and shocking it can be and funny when you least expect it in, in the middle of what could have otherwise been a really tense moment. Uh, I, I thought that line really summed up a lot of what I've loved about this show. I mean, it's Elmore Leonard, right? It's, it's crackling dialogue. It's people being funny in the face of having a gun held on them, or it's people having these just kind of funny relationships with each other that where they, where they crack wise, or there's something like that just going on. It's just lively dialogue. It is classic justified. Uh, and I, I mean, I really like that. It's, it's art breaking ball. It's, it's, it's Raylan breaking balls on art. Like that's kind of been a great relationship. It's like the dynamic duo. They never really have been really in the field like this. Uh, just kind of the two of them out there cracking heads. There's been a couple times where the two of them have been out there, but this is really just yeah. the two of us are going to work together. We can be good cop, bad cop. I'm going to rag on you while this happens. You're going to let me do what I do. I'm going to be smashing the bat around here and I'm going to be rolling this guy down. I'm going to be bracing the heck out of him and you're just going to let it go. I don't care if you're the chief deputy marshal in the entire state of Kentucky. Like, that's this is what I do. Watch me. Watch me work my magic. Watch me work my magic, indeed. Uh, no, it was great to see the two of them out on the field together. I thought that was really good. Uh, so they have the information. They know that they need to go to the Bennett barn, uh, but Art's going to get a phone call. He's got other matters to attend to. Uh, Boyd is in the hills throwing dynamite, and he's got to deal with that. Yeah, and I mean, the, even when Art says that, Raylan's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, even even Raylan can't believe it. Raylan can't I mean, believe that it. Is like, you talk about the legend of Boyd Crowder. Like, I threw dynamite at the U.S. Marshals. It's right up at the top <laughs> of the list, right? Yes. Like, well, Raylan, I threw dynamite. I had to. Well, <laughs> Raylan, why do you think I keep saying the D at the end of your name? It stands for dynamite. Sometimes you got to throw it. But yeah, I, I also liked in this scene, Raylan, he is, 
he's not out of the game. Like he's had a lot of problems in the last few episodes, but immediately he recognizes the Bennett barn. And he's like, that means Loretta might be involved. Like this could be a real problem. So he's got his eye. He's got his head on a lot of things. Like he's putting stuff together. Like this is prime Raylan for sure. And I don't know. What did you think about how the, the, uh, the deus ex Crowder that took art right out of the mix, like Raylan, all of a sudden he's all alone again. This yeah, is he's so all alone again. That's um, you know, that's, Classic series finale fast forwarding. Uh, I feel like you come to expect that and forgive that at this point, as long as everything else is great. But I mean, it absolutely is Deus Ex Crowder. Uh, there's there's no two words about it. That's what it is. Uh, it come it comes it comes at the perfect time so that Raylan can be alone and have to make this hard call without anyone else influencing him. Um, but you know, I think you needed it. I mean, how else are you going to get Art out of that situation? Uh, yeah, you need to get Raylan on his own. And Art, Art, you know, I think at this point he he knows what Raylan's going to do, and he just he he knows Raylan's a force of nature. At the end of the day, and he can't really tell Raylan one way or the other what to do. Raylan's going to do what he's going to do. He can only kind of say like, "Do the right thing." Like, don't do it. Don't don't screw this up. Well, you're going to do it. Don't do it. Don't do the part. Don't do the wrong thing here. Raylan going to Raylan. Raylan's going to Raylan. Raylan's going to Raylan. Let's go to the Bennett barn where the fit hits the shan. Uh, is that William H. Macy from uh, from Wag the Dog? Uh, I believe that is correct. Wow, I'm just gonna. I, I'm, 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 I'm. That's a nice pull on your part. It's been said before on Pusher Recaps. I know it has. I just, I have, I wanted to let you know. I always knew. I appreciate it. Uh, this is a crazy scene. This is a crazy scene. You know, this is the scene that I think you go into the series finale waiting for. You know, I, I think with so many elements in play with Avery Markham, with, with Boyd, with Raylan, with Ava, I think that this is where you expect it to culminate. Um, and culminate it does in a pretty wild and crazy way. It starts out uh, simple enough, terrifying enough, but simple enough that uh, Zachariah is not where he said he would be. Um, you know, Avery is not thrilled about this. He's kind of on overdrive anger mode. He puts the gun up against Ava's chin and says, have you ever had that steel pushed up against your neck like that up against your chin? Uh, and he wants to know everything that was on the other side of the phone call. And then, oh my God, uh, as Hannah in the chat room says, Boyd Crowder, basically a badass because here he is. The boogeyman himself just shows up. Uh, Boyd, the kid just shows up and suddenly he's there. Uh, yeah. Pretty, pretty spectacular trick. Yeah. For Bonafide Stone, are you awful quick? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I was terrified of Avery Markham, by the way. I didn't In this think scene. he was going to kill Ava because I thought, well, she knows where the money is. And if he wants the money, he really can't pull the trigger here. But man, this was this was Sam Elliott just really. Have we ever seen? I mean, can you think of another Sam Elliott role where he's that? off the rails. He's normally a very chill, relaxed. That's what he's kind of projecting. But here he was like legitimately psychotic. Like this yeah. is, this is terrifying. Yeah, no, I agree with Hannah in the chat room. Markham was terrifying holding that gun on Ava. Uh, he really was unhinged. Like even, even at his most dangerous, you know, his most dangerous characters, I feel like Sam Elliott is always, uh, he's always got the three C's going on cool, calm and collective. Uh, and I think when he's here as Avery Markham uh, in these final moments, truly off the rails. Uh, he has just lost his mind. He's completely unhinged, uh, not thinking clearly. And it's what gets him killed for sure. But I, to that point, you know, to the fact that he is so 
so off the map and just really acting so erratically and is obviously so angry and thinks that he can outdraw Boyd Crowder. Um, I really wouldn't have been surprised, especially when he's saying like, uh, you think I'm going to buy that bluff and all of this stuff. I really thought that he was going to just pop uh, Ava right there. I I really thought that like it was almost going to be like a money be damned type of thing. Like that's how crazy he was. He was just going to shoot her so that Boyd felt some of the pain he was feeling with Catherine. I I really thought that might be how we lose Ava. Yeah. And I did too, but I thought it might be a little different in that. I thought he was so out of it and so wound wound so tightly that he was just going to accidentally do it, that he was going to slip and pull the trigger. Something was going to startle him. Somebody was going to come into the barn or he was going to hear something and it was just going to happen like a Marvin and Pulp Fiction kind of thing. And I I thought we were going to be cleaning Ava out of that barn, unfortunately. Oh, I shot Ava. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's not good. You got to call a fixer. You got to call somebody like Wynn Duffy to come in. Got to call the wolf. Uh, Call the wolf. Yeah, call the Wynn. Yeah, but it really really happens here. Uh, You know, Boyd with with the cop that he's got as a hostage saying uh like you think i'm bluffing and then i believe that these are avery markham's final words you think i am hillbilly <laughs> and he, what does he do he tries to shoot boyd through the cop yeah, this is a guy who's seen too many movies yeah it doesn't always work that it doesn't way doesn't work that right. way all right so yeah, there you I, go I mean, I think the I think the last stand of Avery Markham proves why he felt he needed a Tiger Hawk, uh, why he felt like he needed a guy like Boone, because a gunslinger, this man is not. You know, I don't think that this guy has seen uh, a whole lot of combat. Obviously, you know, we know that he had been uh, in the Vietnam War, um, but but something that's been made very clear earlier in the season is, uh, you know, soldiers and criminals are not the same thing. Uh, and that was a long time ago uh, when he was a soldier. Uh, he was a soldier once and young. Uh, and I think that here Avery Markham is proving um, this is not his forte. This is not his forte is to be in a gunfight. He tries to shoot Boyd through the cop. Uh, he ends up just getting shot to shit. He gets shot through the eye. Yeah. One-eyed Willie. One-eyed Avery Markham. It's a, that's a hell of a way to go. It really is. And I, I look, a couple inches either way. He might've got shot right at the top of the head there and not actually in the eye. So this is a very accurate shot, I guess, in some respects, he shoots him right through the eye. I guess maybe Boyd wasn't taught to shoot for the heart or maybe it was in the heat of the moment, but man, that is a very graphic way to go out. Uh, that's like, that's, to that? it's a, that's a Tim Gutterson shot. Yeah. Is there anything, any significance to that? Do you think any similar so him losing an eye specifically as you touch your eye? Uh, I just had an itchy eye for a second there. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, um, you know, I'm trying to think of, is there like a Chekhov's eye with Avery Markham? You know, that's one of the things that has been really uh, delightful when we were going back and rewatching justified and seeing, you know, what was, what tricks were in the drawer? You know, what, what, what had Chekhov placed in the drawer to kill some of these, you know, big season bad guys uh, from Mags Bennett and the apple pie to quarrels with the gun up his sleeve. You know, that was always something that was really fun to think about. And I'm, I'm not sure nothing is really coming to mind with the eye. If anyone who's watching this now uh, or listening to this in the archives has an idea, hit us up. Uh, We'll talk about it in our, in our final justified podcast, but Nothing big comes to mind. To me, it's just like a pretty badass Boyd Crowder move. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just a really spooky thing, right? Like to see kind of a, a one-eyed corpse there. It's just like a really graphic way. On TV, you can't do, like, you can't show him literally with his head split wide open. Like you can't show brains everywhere there on the ground. I mean, I suppose you can, but you push the line too far, you're going to have issues. But you could show an eye blown out and show some pretty gory stuff there. Yeah, this is this is worth uh, debating very quickly. This is from Hannah in the chat room saying at least Catherine hit her target when she went out. Uh, in in fairness to Catherine, uh, Catherine Hale, uh, she shot the crap out of Mikey in that Winnebago. She was, you know, if not for just Mikey's crazy man strength, uh, Catherine would have killed this guy. No problem. Avery Markham, not as good of a marksman. Who who do you have in a fight between Avery and Catherine if it had come to it? I, I mean, after what you see here, I feel like Catherine and I feel like and I don't think it's close, but I feel like Catherine is also probably a little more cold blooded than Avery. I feel like Avery. I, I don't know. We, we talked about this last week where we saw the kind of rattling corpse on the ground uh, of 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 when of Loretta's boyfriend and we was just kind of twi- twitching on the ground and Avery puts him out of his misery. But it's that's the first real thing we see from from Avery violence wise. He's more of a menace and he's more of a guy who arranges violence and has other people do it for him. There's that great scene between Boone and he that talk about talk about conscience earlier in the season about, well, and Boone says, you know, either you are too poor to care. You're rich enough to get somebody else to carry the load for you or whatever. And we've, so we've seen every Markham have other people do his dirty work. Whereas Catherine Hale, when she's cornered in that moment, she gets her purse and she just blows right through uh sea bass. And then in the, in the Winnebago, she comes with the express purpose of committing that act. Yeah. So I think she's a lot colder blooded than Avery Markham. Yeah. All right. So this is from uh, Tony in the chat room. Tony is is talking about what was the significance of Avery getting shot in the eye. And there absolutely is. This is a great, great uh, call out from Tony. Tony says the story of taking an eye, maybe two would be a start. Uh, from the very first scene with Avery Markham when he's talking to Catherine Hale about what he would do to a traitor, uh, taking an eye would be a start, uh, maybe two. Uh, that's when he's talking about all of the brutal measures he would go to to uh, to to punish a traitor. Um, so it ends up being um, all you needed was one, just one eye, and and that'll put you down. Yeah, that's a great that's a great pull by Tony, and that, I I knew there had to be some significance to it. Yeah, that's great. It's, that's it's awesome. Very, it's too specific of a death to not tie back into something with Markham, and that is that's a really good uh, good callback. Yeah, I guess I guess two would be a start, and one would be the end. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, that's great. All right, so now everybody's dead in the room except for Boyd and Ava. Uh, and if Boyd had it his way, he would be the last one standing. What about that? What about the fact that Boyd is going to kill Ava without any regard for the money? He tries. He pulls he the tries. trigger. If he was not empty, she'd be dead. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a, a little bit of divine interventions. The only thing that really saved Ava that or maybe some poor shots or just how violent that final scene was. But that is, I think, when you talk about emotions playing into things, I mean, that is Boyd being more emotional than anything else and fair play. I mean, she drew on him when she had no real reason. And when given the opportunity, he wants to know why. And that's what that's what's coming up right away. That's the one question he wants to ask before he goes in. Yeah, I think it's interesting, though, you know, him talking to Raylan in the woods in the in the previous episode about how you don't know what's in my heart when Raylan is saying, like, you're just going to go out there and kill Ava. Well, you don't know what's in my heart. Uh, Well, now we know Uh, murder and revenge was in his heart for sure. 
Yeah, for sure. Not going to even worry about where the money is, or maybe he still, maybe he has an idea about, about where the money is. We don't, we don't know exactly what happened. I mean, we can, we can talk about that, but I mean, there are very few places it could have been. Like, they couldn't have gone very far from the cabin. And I'm surprised that it's $9 million out there and that big of a loose end that somebody must have, somebody must've got that money, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's still out there for you. I don't, I don't think it's still out there. We'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. We will get there. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, Oh man. I mean, that was just tough. Like to realize that Boyd absolutely would have killed Ava. That was a really bitter pill to swallow, but in comes, in comes Raylan, Raylan with a gun, Boyd with a gun, but empty. Um, and you know, part of me is really itching for Raylan to put Boyd down here because it'd be great for my death draft. Uh, first and foremost, that's my primary motivation. Uh, but also it would be very interesting to see Raylan, turn this corner to go full Arlo Gibbons here would, would have been a pretty fascinating development, but equally fascinating is Boyd saying, I'm not going to draw on you. I don't have bullets in my gun. After Raylan kicks him the loaded one, he says, I'm not going to draw on you. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Uh, and Raylan saying, yeah, you are, you're going to raise that gun and we're going to end this. Uh, but Boyd says you do what you're meant to do, but someday I'm going to get out of here. And when I do, I'll kill Loretta. I'll come and I'll kill you. So what's it going to be, Raylan? And the camera, you know, goes in on Raylan. And I don't know, what did you think the next shot was going to be? Did you think that it was going to be Raylan killing Boyd? Or were you not surprised to see Boyd in handcuffs? I didn't think that Raylan was going to do it. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. And it's unfortunate. I did. The main reason I didn't think that Raylan was going to do it is because I thought, shit, we're only like 25, 30 minutes into the episode here. Like if he kills Boyd here, that this is their last scene. Like that's it. And what else is there to wrap about the story? Like Avery Markham's dead. Uh, Loretta is gone with Boone. And so we'll have to have one final scene there. Uh, but Markham is dead. Boyd's dead. Ava will be in custody at that point. I don't see what really there is. I didn't think they'd have like, you know, 20 minutes of, of really the end of the story of the epilogue. Uh, they, they had some epilogue, but I didn't think it would be 20 minutes. So I thought he wasn't going to kill him for that reason alone. Uh, but for every other reason, I thought, man, because if you remember, Raylan comes into this scene with Boyd and he says something to the effect of draw on me or not, I am going to put you down. Like that's the first thing he says to him. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like, Hey, well, he was ready to do it last week too. When he says across the line with both eyes open. Yeah. Draw on me or not. I am going to put you down. And it's like, I'm not going to draw on you. So I'm going to make you make the move. I'm going to make you prove this to me that you really are full on that. You're Arlo's son. I'm going to make you prove this to me. And Raylan just can't do it. And I'm not surprised that Raylan doesn't do it. I'm really not. Are you? No, I'm not. I'm not. I think ultimately, um, you know, this is as close to a happy ending as we can get. You know, this is Raylan choosing not to be his dad, choosing to be somebody else um, when, you know, he was really dancing on the edge of that for a while this season. Um, and so, no, I'm, I'm not shocked. I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased that this show was able to find a way to put Boyd Crowder down without putting him down. Um, I thought that it was going to be difficult to do that in a satisfying way. It really did seem like he had to die. Um, he did not have to die, but getting him to the place where he could live was very, very, very much a tall order. And I think, um, I think the show met the bar and cleared it. Uh, and I think that they really earned this moment where Raylan is really struggling with this choice of whether or not, he should do this. Uh, should I just kill the guy uh, and be done with it? You know, he's threatening to kill me in a few years. I got a kid. I've got Winona. I've got all these things. 
Um, and Raylan's the better man. He doesn't do it. It's awesome. It's really yeah, the, mercy, the mercy almost had to come at the hands of Raylan because by, by showing mercy, by actually doing his job and doing what he was supposed to and living by that code, Raylan had an arc. Like Raylan actually followed some rules there where in the beginning of the series, we see him with Tommy Bucks and we see him with the gun thug in Miami. That's Tommy Bucks. And we see a sort of modern day Star Wars version where someone pulls first and then Raylan as Han Solo pulls back. But that's not the way Star Wars was originally. Back in the day, Han Solo was the only one who shot Greedo, the bounty hunter. There was no pull first. And they've really softened the stance on that. Uh, and this is sort of that moment for Raylan. Tommy Bucks pulled on Raylan at, at the top of that uh, hotel or whatever. There's no question about that. Sure. And Raylan. I mean, he was, he was, he was, and I, I hate to use the B word, but he was bullied. He was he bullied. bullied. Raylan put him in a corner. Nobody puts bucks in a corner, but Raylan no, put no, him no. in a corner and Raylan put him in a position where he felt like he had to do that. There's no question about it. Raylan walked around that episode saying it was justified, but that's kind of what he's been. He, he had done throughout the course of the series. But then somewhere around the time when he's got uh, when he's got everybody there, Theo tone in and he's got all Nikki Augustine and all these people coming down from Detroit and, and Raylan's Winona is put in jeopardy and all of that happens. Raylan does cross that line and he crosses it sort of in a, in a kind of a weird way. And he feels guilty about it and he does tell art about it. And then, so then from then on, he kind of spirals downward to the point where he just straight up crosses the line completely, turns his gun and badge in and he's gone rogue and gone against the wishes of the marshals completely. Uh, and so for him to kind of come back to that and come back to a person who not only is trying to corner Boyd. He's trying to give him the Tommy Bucks treatment. He's throwing a gun at him and saying, pull on me. Like, this has to happen. Boyd knows Raylan too well. Boyd knows Raylan a little better than Tommy Bucks, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, and he knows, look, if I'm not pulling, I don't think you're going to pull on me. And he doesn't, and he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, I don't know that back in the day, um, you know, when, when he when he did kill Tommy Bucks back in the first episode, in the very first scene, that was, as Winona calls him out at the end of that episode, you're the angriest person I've ever met. And I mean, Raylan is a really angry guy at that time. Um, I don't know that he would have had it in him not to just blow Tommy Bucks away. Uh, but I think that he's come a long enough way throughout his time in Harlan that I think, uh, you know, over, over this past tour of duty, that I, I think that he earned, he earned his place at the table here in not shooting Boyd. I think it, it, was, it was justified not killing him for sure. I agree completely. That's the right word. Yeah. Uh, but at least it's not going to be the end of the gunplay for Raylan in this episode. No, um, thankfully not. You know, we needed this. This was, this was huge. We needed this was it. Huge. Uh, you know, uh, Raylan is going to escort Ava. There's going to be no deal, even though she's saying, I know where the 9 million is. I can help you out. Uh, Raylan said, you're trying to bribe a federal officer here. I'm sorry, Ava. No outs, no deals. It's over. Um, and she wants to know, why didn't you kill Boyd? You heard him. There's, you know, there's not a cell that can keep him. Uh, what, what, what's in it for you and letting him live. And he says, maybe nothing. Uh, and then we get, uh, you'll never leave Harlan alive. It's, you know, still with several, several minutes left in this episode, we're getting the, the really iconic song that I think a lot of us expected to hear at the very, very, very end of the show, uh, instead of right here. Um, what did you think when that was happening? Did you, did it feel ominous to you? Like something big was about to happen? Well, so what I felt like was we had the, we had the question from, from Boyd to Ava in the previous scene where Boyd says to Ava, like, why did you do it? And Ava's like, well, I just put myself in your shoes and I did what I think you would have done. And I think Boyd recognizes that that's 
maybe there's just a hint of that that's true. Like maybe he probably, maybe he wouldn't have, probably he wouldn't have, but there's a good possibility that he would have. And more to the point, the fact that he made Ava believe that that's what he might do uh, is, is really crushing to Boyd, I think on some level. Uh, and so we have kind of closure or a weird kind of loop close there with that. So then in this next scene, we have the same kind of thing. Like, why didn't you kill Boyd? Like, yeah. well, tell me, tell me, she asked a question of Raylan and Raylan does give that answer. What does it prove? And Raylan says, maybe nothing. And if he's, if maybe nothing are the last words of this episode, it's not, as good of a finale, obviously, as it is because of everything that comes after it. But I think that that's at, at some point, I feel like maybe that was the ending of this episode. And they, they thought about, OK, now we can put an epilogue in there or no, we can make we can make Boone drive away with Loretta. We can I think if you're you're going through and editing this, this is a potential ending to the show. And that's why the song comes up. This is. Raylan has made the choice. He left Boyd alive. He made the choice not to take the money. He made the choice to drive even Ava back to Lexington. The song comes on, the show's over, but wait, no, it's not. No, the song it's has not. To end and there's a lot more we want to deal with because this is justified. This is not another TV show. Yeah. We've got a, we've got a boon of stuff left to take care of uh, specifically boon. We got to We got to finally do this. We got to, we got to put Jenny to the test. We got to go Raylan versus Jenny here. Uh, and this was fun. I like this. My favorite part is when they both uh, like when, when they both like show their guns and yeah. And Loretta and Ava both just at the same time in the, their respective cars, they just get down. Uh, that was, that was terrific. That was just great comedy. Yeah. Did you, I mean, did you think that, that Boone had killed Raylan? No. No, and I didn't think so either. Only for because the same reasons why uh, you did not think Boyd was dead. Too much time uh, left. Too much time left. Uh, see, I could have, I could have bought, I could have bought it if they had killed Boyd with twenty minutes left. But to kill Raylan with fifteen minutes left, I don't think so. Yeah, and the only the the, the main thing that kept me from believing it was that, that Boone is trying to shoot Raylan again, and he's thinking about doing it, and Loretta stops him. And I don't know that the, that that action has as much meaning if she stops him and Raylan is just dead. Yeah, like he, she stopped him from shooting the corpse. It's kind of like, well, at least she showed some mercy and she didn't want him the, the corpse to be shot. But the fact that she, in some ways, might be responsible for Raylan actually being alive is a nice poetic payoff to all the times Raylan has extended himself for Loretta and all the gestures that he's made to her throughout the course of this series that she ultimately does save his life. Whether he, I don't think he even knows it. Uh, obviously, unless someone told him, he doesn't. The fact that she saves his life is is pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty great. Uh, but no, I mean. Uh, in a way, it's like Chekhov's hat. Like that hat had to get shot. That hat had to die more than Raylan had to die. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. And, you know, there's a very funny, odd kind of thing about the hat. That was allegedly the one thing Elmore Leonard did not like about this show, as he did not like the hat that Raylan was wearing. He didn't think it was it fit the, the, the way that he had perceived Raylan. He thought a smaller hat would be more practical. So it's very nice tribute to Elmore Leonard that they managed to kill the hat. Yeah, I wonder what he would have thought of the hat he ends up in. It just put it on and it fit. Put it on and it fit. Yeah, but they they draw. It turns out they're equally fast. Uh, but I guess Raylan has better aim. Yep. Yeah, I mean you can be fat. Fa- hey, fast better, and better inaccurate. Aim. Is it better aim or better luck? I don't know. It's a good point. Fast and inaccurate is just fast. Fast and accurate is what you need. So I don't know that being inaccurate does Boone any favors uh, or I don't know that Raylan was luckier. I don't know what happened, but at, at, when it's all said and done, the, when it's all said and done, Jenny is no more. 
Well, Jenny, Jenny is still exists, but Jenny Boone. still exists. But I don't, I don't know that I don't know that Jenny is is Jenny without Boone. Yeah, Jenny's the gun without a name now. She really is. And the the, the, the empty chamber. You're my girl, Jenny. Yeah, uh, Jenny. You're my gun, Jenny. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got in a fight, ruined your Black Panther party. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, but the the whole empty chamber and Jenny didn't come into play, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, did not come into play. Uh, mercifully, uh, how quickly Boone died, though, right? Yeah, I, th- for for you mostly, <laughs> and for you and all the people who are done with Boone. I I actually kind of liked uh, where a couple of the things that happened after I was done with Boone. I was just ready to see him stop monologuing and really start acting uh, and acting on screen. And by that I mean not acting like a monologue uh, is delivered by an actor, but acting like actually shooting people. He did kill Loretta's aunt, of course, off screen. But I wanted to see him do some things on screen. So was it Derek that is uh, that is Loretta's boyfriend? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so having actually uh, him kill Derek was a lot better step for me. In that yeah, regard. for so sure. So I, I, was, I was glad we got this final showdown. Uh, it didn't seem to necessarily take place with I – mean, we had the big showdown already, but it needed to happen. Needed to happen. Uh, yeah, and, and Raywin is alive. Raywin is well. His head has been grazed, but that's it. And everything's good. And Ava's still in the car, but the car has driven off. Uh, Ava is gone. Uh, and that was, that was terrific, too. It's just Ava making off and uh, Raywin's final. God damn it. I want to go back and watch. Was she cuffed in the car in any way? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have to go back and look as well. We remember her being cuffed in Constable Bob's Gremlin and her pulling her way out. And there are times when Raylan has cuffed people to steering wheels and it's worked really well. And there are other times where he's left them uncuffed and it hasn't worked out so well for Raylan. So I don't remember what he did with Ava there. When I rewatch it, I'm going to pay particular attention to that because then if he had her cuffed up, that's some pretty tight work by, by Ava there. Yeah, she's great. Ava's yeah. awesome. Ava's a badass. Um, all right, final scene in the marshal's office. What did you think? What did you think of this? What did you think of Raylan's goodbyes to Art, to uh, to Tim, to Rachel, to Nelson? Uh, did you did you have a favorite of the four goodbyes that that uh, Raylan goes through here? I really like this stuff with Raylan and Art. That was my favorite. I it's sort of the kind of man's goodbye, right? Where it's a lot of quiet and it's a lot of unspoken. More things, way more things unspoken than spoken, but communicated nonetheless. Uh, and the, the whole I brought you here to get Boyd Crowder, and uh, you, you got him. Took him took a while, a lot longer than I would have thought, but I brought you back to Kentucky for that, and you did it. So job well done. I love that. That's a bearing of the hatchet ultimately between Art and Raylan for all the consternation, for all the the, the trials and tribulations that Raylan Givens has caused Art Mullen. At, at the end of it all, uh, Raylan did what he what he was tasked to do, and it took a little longer, and it was a little more complicated. But thank you, Raylan, you did it. And they had a final toast to Bourbon, some Blantons. That was fantastic. I really liked that that kind of quiet moment. Of course, it's interrupted by by Nelson barging in saying, "There's a phone call for you." Um, what is this deputy agent from Seattle kind of stuff? Because that I was that was who it was that called in, and then it was referenced again later in the episode. That's got to be an Elmore Leonard call out that we're not really thinking of. Must be, must be. Uh, I really like Nelson saying, "We'll miss you, Raylan," and Raylan's like, "No, you won't." Yeah, I mean Nelson. And Nelson, Raylan. how did you yeah. weasel your way into this final Marshall scene? Yeah, what, what is your name like, Nelson Yost? Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, uh, that was that was really great. But I, I also liked, um, I liked, I liked uh, Raylan and Tim's final scene with kind of the two of them both trying not to get sentimental, uh, and Tim being insistent, like I want my bag back. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good, uh, and I mean. Uh, just not a ton to say about Rachel's final goodbye. The fact that it all came down to nice hat 
you know, between the two of them. I think it's piece of, you know, they, they did good stuff with Rachel. I think this season, the best that they've ever done with Rachel was, was making her uh, the head of the marshals. Um, but they couldn't, they couldn't keep her there for whatever reason. I think that once they busted her down and brought uh, art back up uh, into the seat, I feel like they just didn't have anything to do with Rachel anymore. Yeah. It's a shame. I, it's just I mean, one character that I don't think they were ever really able to service. The fact that Nelson got about as much of a goodbye with Raylan as Rachel did, it was a little bit, I felt underserved. You're right. And I, I don't know exactly why that is. Uh, she was a surrogate art in a lot of respects. Like, Raylan was always disrespecting her. She was always kind of poised to be the top agent in the office. And there was some concern that art was going to rattle feathers in the pilot. Uh, art says, you know, we get a complaint when we change the coffee machine around here. Like we're going to get, it's going to cause a problem that you're right. in this office. We're really yeah. small. And of course it would would have caused the biggest problem with Rachel. And there's that kind of early tension uh, in the, in the series itself, but they obviously grew to trust each other greatly. There were times even in this final season where Rachel makes the choice to let Raylan be Raylan. And she even says to art, like, what would you do? Like, of course you would let him do exactly what I'm doing. So don't criticize me for this. And you realize that Rachel at her core is going to be really good at her job. She's going to be as good at her job as art is maybe better in some respects because she isn't as she doesn't have some of the, experience that he does and maybe isn't as fixated on certain things, but maybe she's got some of the same hangups vis-a-vis Raylan. So they had an existing relationship they could have played on. The nice hat thing, I don't know. It was just kind of like I, I'm one of the guys. I'm just going to kind of break your balls. I'm not going to do what you did with Tim and do that thing where we pretend not to be sentimental, but we're really being sentimental. And we're going to, we're going to just give each other shit a little bit. And that's it. I'm just going to give you one kind of calm line. And that's it. I think that I, I understand it's in keeping with the character, but the character wasn't well enough developed for them to have much more than that. I don't think. What do you think of the hat? You know, throughout this entire series, Raylan is wearing the white hat. Uh, he ends the series wearing the black hat, which is usually reserved for the bad guy. Uh, but Raylan does the right thing. Raylan doesn't kill Boyd. Raylan arrests Boyd. He does it by the book. He plays it straight. And yet he walks away wearing the black hat. What does that mean? I think there's a lot of good in that. First and foremost, Raylan's always been a guy who's wearing the white hat on the outside, but the black hat on the inside. Uh, and now I think maybe he's wearing the black hat on the outside and he realizes that he's going to be a little bit of abrasive. He's going to be Raylan. He's going to be Raylan Givens. He's a Givens on the outside, but on the inside, it doesn't mean he can't be the guy in the white hat and he can't be the good guy, the honest guy, the upstanding guy. And I think that, that, that switch is a, is a big deal for sure. And is that Boone's hat, right? Is it Boone's hat? I thought it was Boone's hat. Oh, I think you're right. I thought it was Boone's hat. And I think that there's some just some fun symbolism to that, too. It's almost like a totem if it is Boone's hat. Uh, He just found it laying on the ground there, put it on, and it fit. So you may as well. That is all the discussions that he and Boone had about hats throughout this season and guys who can't fill out hats and the hipster hat and all that. Like, I think that that's all in service of Elmore Leonard in some respects, but I do think that this is a a totem of his kind of interactions with Boone. If that's Boone's hat. Oh, that's spectacular. I really hope that's the case. Uh, I really like that idea that he just nicked the hat right off of Boone. Boone's Um, dead body. Yeah. I'm trying to find a picture of him. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of Boone right now um, from uh, I think it was last episode or two episodes ago wearing the hat. Yeah, two episodes ago. I do believe that that's the hat Raylan is going to be wearing in the finale. And that's the hat he took off of the the guy in the diner, right? 
No, he he took that hat, but he got his own. He didn't like that hat. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, <laughs> it's such a so this is this is the Boone hat. So yeah, yeah this is. We uh, think I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure, but that sounds right and it looks right. So uh, I'd have to go back and look at the tape of the actual finale. But looking at this picture of Boone right now makes it look like yeah, I think that. Let's go to the tape. Oh yeah, no, that's uh, that's it looks like that looks like a Boone hat for sure. I I want to I want to believe I want to believe like the the aliens. I want to believe that that's Boone's hat. Yeah. And, I, and, I'm I still, with you. I still think the black hat, white hat thing stands. I still still think there's symbolism beyond the fact that he took a trophy from his his big kill there. But uh, no, but I, I, I love your explanation of it. I'm I'm all in on your explanation. I think that's a, a really great insight into into where where Raylan is now. That he is a Givens. Uh, he he is a Givens, but he's no longer a Givens through and through. Yep. Yep. And he can uh, be the guy with the white hat on the inside, uh, even though to the world he's the guy with the black hat on the outside. All right. And he's wearing it with a Marlins t-shirt and a freaking, uh, and a freaking like, just like a flannel in this, in this epilogue. Yeah. Four years later. What did you think when we got four years later? Were you a little nervous? I I wasn't, I wasn't nervous for Rayland. I thought Rayland. Were you nervous for the quality of the episode? I guess is what I'm asking because this trick doesn't always work. No, that's true. Uh, I'm looking at you, Albus Severus. (laughs) listen uh, we did not get Alvis severus givens at least Thank what God. questions did you have that weren't answered that graham yost can go on the today show and speak for about 40 minutes about all these things yeah. that should have been no, we're not gonna we're not gonna yeah. this is not a harry potter cast they're a very they're a very successful harry potter podcast i absolutely suggest that you listen to them not that i have uh, listened to all of them but uh certain of them are fantastic uh, and they'll they delve into that i'm sure rain it in rain it in I like the epilogue. I, I think we, we got it. We got a tweet uh, that maybe they felt like there was a, this was from AJK, uh, AJ Nick on Twitter. Thought it was a little epilogue heavy. AJ said it could have used a touch more Boyd, but a lot of great stuff. I don't know. Did you feel it was epilogue heavy? No, uh, I, I thought it was great. You know, we've got how many hours of justified ahead of this for 20 minutes in the future, like 20 minutes, four years down the line, I can buy that for a dollar. You know, I think that's pretty good. Uh, And I think that everything we got was pretty essential in terms of closing these characters, you know, really putting, you know, putting the, the pen down and saying, we know everything. We don't need to know anymore. We know everything there is to know about these people. And I think that the epilogue really accomplished that uh, in a way that isn't frustrating, isn't, isn't, isn't too heavy handed. Um, you know, it does leave enough mystery, you know, to, to still think about what are these people doing? You know, is, uh, you know, what, what's, uh, what's Raylan's life like in this Miami Marshall's office? What's Boyd's life like in this prison? What's Ava's life like with little Zachariah? You know, it still leaves a little bit of an open-ended thing. Um, I thought there was, here's, here's what I'll say. I thought there was honestly a chance that something from the past was going to come back to, to, to buy. I was waiting for that. Absolutely. And the reason I was waiting for it is because they had the David Keckner cameo, David Keckner, Keckner champ kind whammy, uh, whammy. Who, who had been at the beginning of season five and was kind of a Miami guy who Raylan kind of teamed up with there. His name was in the credits. I know. Yeah. And because sucks, I mean, the there's, credits, there's, you know, there's, uh, you know, like SAG reasons to do that and stuff like that. And just industry reasons that that name has to be there. Uh, but that was a tip off that he is going to be there. And that probably indicates that we're going to Miami at some point. 
I agree. And, and that, that was my thinking. And I thought, well, that doesn't mean that it's all going to end Rosie for Raylan, that that's just not going to be something that pulls him back in. I thought the money kind of still hanging around out there was a big loose end. Ava hanging around out there was a big loose end. And I thought I was running through my head. I was like, well, who's going to end Raylan? And my brother was actually like, Oh my gosh, she's in Miami just walking around. Are some of those Miami guys going to come back to haunt him? And then I'm doing the math in my head. Like, no, I'm pretty sure he made a deal where he was going to be safe in Miami from here on out. Uh, so I think he's safe with that, but what, what's this going to be? So I kind of ran that math in my head a little bit, but then I realized, shit, I'm watching the last like 15 minutes of Justified. I need to just sit back and enjoy it. Yeah. So we got another great scene of Raylan eating ice cream. Raylan loves ice cream. Loves what is ice this? Cream. He's always eating ice cream. Loves ice cream. Not a big fan of dog poop flavored ice cream. <laughs> well, who is Josh? Who is? Or fish guts. Fish guts, he actually says, sounds delicious. Yeah, well, but like playground, sandbox, like I know not, not very good. No, dog poop is where it's at. Dog poop is, we don't want that. We don't want that. Uh, but yeah, and and, and how about this? I, you know what? And I, I got to be honest with you, Antonio. I loved this. I love that Raylan and Winona are no longer together. You know? Yeah, of course. It didn't work. It felt very, it felt very true. What was it? 5149? I guess it, we went 49. It was, it was basically one way or the other. Uh, and it went the way they didn't want it to go. And it makes sense. But seems like they are on as good of terms as they've ever been. Uh, you know, little Willa, she's adorable. And Raylan looks like he's a really good dad. Uh, Richard seems like a bit of a dink, but at least he's not, you know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's the bad dink. You know, he's not the bad dink. He's the good dink. Um, he's not like, what's his face? Gary, you know, he's not, he doesn't seem shady like Gary. He just seems like a little bit of a doof. Uh, but it's fine. You know, everybody seems, everybody seems good. And, you know, Winona comments on how Raylan is the most stubborn man she's ever known. And he says it beats angry. Uh, so what you mentioned before about how that part of Raylan seems to be dead and replaced with the white hat inside. Um, I like that. And I think that you have a lot of backup to that here. It seems like Raylan is at peace. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I wrote in my notes, like, this is great. Like I, I'd love, I love this for Raylan. I just love that. This is where he ultimately ended up because Timothy Oliphant, he plays this, this role of Raylan so well, but I have a feeling that the, the Timothy Oliphant that exists out there in the world is a very Zen kind of guy. I, I know him to be a kind of a, uh, kind of a new agey kind of uh, thoughtful kind of guy and to see that the him just get to be happy in a role for once is not what you usually get to see out of him so i was really pleased to see the way this worked and i was very glad that he was on great terms uh with with the good dink there uh i was very glad to see that happen because this is this is something that even if rayla and raylan and winona can't work out to see him be on good terms with her next guy and to see that be okay with him and him be happy with that and he walks into the office smiling like he's just happy and and a great great line from Winona by the way um where she basically says what what does she say I wrote it down I'm looking at it right now she says something like uh like you're you're the most stubborn man I've ever known and yeah 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 yeah. It's angry. I love that. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, yeah. And things look good at the office champ kind. He's, he's the new Tim Gutterson. Uh, that's, that's a pretty fun do. I mean, he was one of the highlights of season five and he was only in it, I think for just an episode, uh, just the season five premiere, if I'm remembering right, but I think that's right. But, uh, but they were a good duo back then. I'm sure they're a good duo now. Uh, and I guess I didn't, I couldn't figure out how Raylan, um, knew that Ava was out there. He just saw a picture of her in the paper. That's it. 
Someone from the Seattle field office was scouring newspapers and saw a picture in a newspaper that looked like Ava and sent it on to Rachel and Rachel sent it to Raylan. Wow. Because on the, on the envelope there where he's looking at the picture, it says R. R. Brooks or whatever from Kentucky. And so it's got her address there and she's clearly sent it along to Raylan and said, Hey, look, she might be out there. And Raylan goes and tracks it down. Yeah. Well, he finds her. Uh, some things have changed. Uh, as Hannah notes in the chat room, uh, everything in the epilogue was great with the exception of Ava's wig. Uh, I was, I have to admit, not on Wiggler's Wig Watch this week. Uh, I should have been. I should have been looking out for that wig. And uh, in retrospect, I don't have a problem with it. Maybe if I look back, I'll, I'll think that it looked a little silly. But in the moment, I thought, oh, Ava looks happy. Ava looks good. Uh, she looks healthy. She's not, she's got no uh, Diet Coca-Cola, no RC Cola. Uh, you know, she's just not, she's, she's got water. She's got water and a rifle and a kid. Water and a rifle and a kid. And, and I, did you know that, did you feel like the kid thing was coming? I mean, you had to know that was coming, right? I actually wasn't even thinking about it, to be honest with you. I just knew she wasn't living there by herself. And I started running the math in my head and I was like, she's not living in this house with Wynn Duffy, is she? No, I was like, no. And I was like, well, who's living in this house then? What is she hiding from Raylan besides a gun? Why doesn't she want him to come into the house? And I was like, okay, there's probably a kid there. Well, so talk me through the money. Talk me through the money situation here. Does she have any? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. Now there's a possibility that she does. So here, here, let's, let's run this. So what happens is run run me through the, the possibilities with the goddamn money. We get a great kind of Drew Thompson style flashback. And by that, I mean, it was shot in the same way where we saw the reveal of Drew Thompson. We saw kind of Shelby acting as Drew Thompson. It was a kind of sepia toned, a little bit of black and white, but not quite uh, kind of flashbacky style shot. And Raylan's running through the options in his head. And he's like, I just want to know who had the money. And he was like, we got, we had some theories. We thought it might've been Ellen May, but there was a WITSEC representative that was on her and could place her at that time. So it couldn't have been her. She's in witness protection. We know it wasn't her. We thought it might've been Limehouse, but it turned out Limehouse had left Nobles Holler right before this all went down. So we knew it wasn't him. Raylan says, my money's always been on Win Duffy. And then we see a scene of Win Duffy and we see the shagging wagon. We see the van that he's ordered, which we know he ordered the van. That is absolutely positively true. Yeah. So just to quickly interrupt this from Harry Schaefer, uh, he, he said that we have to mention this, that the wording on Win's van down on all fours, mobile grooming, the oh, experts yeah. of doggy style, the experts of doggy style. I wrote it down. That was insane. Unbelievable. Like that is not, that is, uh, that is highly conspicuous. That is certainly not inconspicuous. Yeah. Uh, and, and <laughs> it is, it is ridiculous. So that's classic win. But Raylan says something like, well, if we knew if anybody could get you out of town and talk his way through that, it would be Win Duffy. Yeah. And I, I like to believe that. I mean, I do like to believe that that's what happened. So if that's what happened, they, 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 they find the money, they take the money out of town and Win Duffy takes the money with Ava and, and he knows where the money is. And that's what his sort of payment for getting her out of town is. There's, there's a very good chance. It's, it's $9 million, right? There's a very good chance that she got 500,000. She got, I don't know, 400,000. Like he, when's not going to insist on all 9 million, is he? 
He's going to give her some runaway money, right? Otherwise, what's think. the point of this? Yeah, you would think. So I like to think she gets out with some of that money. She's living in what she calls like essentially a caretaker's house. So that's entirely possible that she's basically in a caretaker's house and that everything she says is on the level that she's that she's volunteering at church, that she's working at a farm that has a lot of uh, service there, people or animals that are helping with therapy, therapy, things like that. That's all very possible. And she has been laying real low. She says she hasn't even been working as a hairdresser because she worries they're going to find her out. Uh, she doesn't really like to go out in public and she knew she shouldn't have gone to that pumpkin patch and the pumpkins were a ripoff. So I don't sense that she's sitting on a big wad of cash here, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Kaylee Ehrman trout fund for a little Zachariah Randolph Crowder out there somewhere. Interesting. Uh, well, yeah, let's talk about Zachariah. So I was surprised by that. I, I didn't really see it coming. And, um, you know, thinking back on it, uh, is there, are there clues of Ava being pregnant? I think there, I don't know about clues of her being pregnant. I, I mean, I, we'd have to, we'll have to analyze that for our feedback show and break that down. If anybody has any thoughts, yeah, if anyone that, has thoughts on that, let us know about, uh, Ava being pregnant. I mean, I, I feel like it was discussed, uh, at certain points throughout this final season podcast, but my memory is mush right now, Antonio, I think understandably. Yeah, no doubt for, for many reasons, I'm sure. And I, I don't know. There were, there were definite, there was definitely coitus, the physical act of love. There was definitely that. Is that what that is? There was definitely that between, you mean coitus, right? There was definitely that between, between Ava and Boyd. So that, that that happened. I mean, there, it's not a, it's not a virgin birth here. Like this is not, this is not Jesus, Zachariah Randolph. Did you hear Jesus was a Jew, Josh? Did you know that? I've heard. So I've heard, I've heard the rumor. By the way, is it just me or is Raylan still a dick? Does he call that kid fat? What does he say? Oh, well, he does say looks like you feed him well. Raylan is still a dick. No, 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 no. He's, he's, he's admiring the fat. boy's heft. Oh, yeah, it looks like you feed him pretty well. Like Raylan, <laughs> that is Raylan's being Raylan there. That kid's not growing up on pumpkins. Well, what, what um, do you think? What do you think about this, though? I mean, Ava, Ava makes him promise not to um, not to tell Boyd that this kid exists, uh, has to keep that to himself. And Raylan is not only going to live up to that, but he tells Ava he's not bringing her in. He's going to let her stay. He's going to let her be. Good, good choice, bad choice. What are your thoughts on, on this decision to uphold the promise and keep Ava where she is? I think it's a good choice. I think that this is, this is evolved Raylan. This is like Raylan 8.03 or whatever. Like this is Raylan uh, in a form that we haven't always seen in. He is upset, right? He's upset that she ran on him, that she ran on him while he, while he had a gun on her and everything and she still ran away on him three times, he says. Uh, and that's, that's betrayal. But I, I think he's able to bury the hatchet and that's not exactly the Raylan Givens that we've always seen, but Look, we talked about this a ton over this final season. There, there's a lot of history between Raylan uh, and and Ava, and there is a lot of what if or what might have been, and that Raylan might have had the opportunity to give her a better life. And now he literally has that in his hands. Like you have the opportunity to ruin her life and to make it worse, or you have the opportunity to let her have the chance to make herself better. Uh, the fact that he gives her that chance is, I think, paying back on the opportunities that he was he did not take in the past to take care of her or to make her life better. And I do think to some extent, whether or not he owed her anything when she was 16, I think this, the events of season six here and the situations that he's put her in, I think he does feel a little bit like he owes her this year. And so I appreciate that he's paying off that debt. Don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely do. It's a happy ending for Ava uh, when it looked really unlikely that she was going to get one for a lot of this season. Um, 
pretty amazing that she ends up where she is and pretty great that Raylan lets her stay. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, but above everything, I'm a huge fan of this final scene. Before um, we, before we move on to the final scene, just want to ask you wig watch Hannah in the chat room said with the exceptions of Ava's wig and extensions, everything else was great. Were you on wig watch tonight? Yeah, no, I said, I said that I said that, uh, Ava's wig, I wasn't paying that much attention to. Yeah. But I, so, but uh, you weren't, you weren't paying attention to it, but I mean, aren't, weren't you like, isn't that something that you, didn't it really bug you? That isn't something, it's normally something that really rattles you. I just, uh, it, it's gotta be really, really bad. So obviously if it didn't, if it didn't hit my radar, then it must not have been that bad. Uh, then it's not, it was not a, uh, uh, Ephraim good weather levels of terrible. I'm this, I'm the same way. I was just playing devil's advocate for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but let's, let's get to this final scene. Yeah, let's let's break it. this down. We're tired, Antonio. We got to go to bed. Everybody's got to go to bed. Uh, let's put this, let's put the show to bed before we bring it back, uh, for one podcast, one last podcast next week. Uh, the final confrontation between Raylan Givens and Boyd Crowder. Boyd Crowder back in jail, uh, back at the back in church. Uh, he is an evangelist once again, uh, speaking to his flock, uh, you know, really just being very passionate. He, in his own way, seems like a more peaceful man as well. You know, the guy who promised Raylan that he would come out of here. He would kill Loretta. He would kill Raylan. Um, you know, even if Raylan d- doesn't come here and deliver this news about Ava, I don't believe that Boyd is coming out of here looking to do that anymore. This I, I authentically buy Boyd Crowder is more at peace than he's been. I agree. Uh, I, that doesn't mean he's not susceptible to slipping back into oh, something sure. else. That guy loves temptation. But well, temptation is there's there are certain things about temptation. Some men walk away from it, and some men walk into it. But but yeah, I I, I got to think that uh, that he's he's over it. I think that that's probably right. I mean, he he seems that way. I have no reason to believe not, except for everything else he's ever done. But uh, since it's the series finale, I'd like to think that he's made some progress. Yeah. He's still singing the, the song of Boyd Crowder. He's telling his own outlaw tales. Yeah, he's telling people about the Mexico job. Great yeah. season five shout out. You really want people to remember season five as your final <laughs> note to justify it? Come on. I think so, somewhere the writers are like, look, we had epic things in that season. How can you ignore it? How can know, you yeah. like it? Listen <laughs> yeah. to what Boyd's talking about here. There were bodies in this van and they were driving from Mexico, like, driving like, officials. Yeah, I feel like there's some season two heists that could have been uh, could have been sung about there. You know, the, I, I will just quickly lament, you know, this this final episode did a great job at um, including very brief cameos from, you know, the Ellen Mays and Limehouses of the world. And here we are in prison. No Dickie Bennett. We can't we can't squeeze in one final Dickie Bennett. We can't just have like Boyd and Dickie Bennett are on the same page. Like, I feel like that would have been a great statement of how far Boyd has come. But, uh, you know, I, I think that the other piece of it is it would have distracted from this final moment between Raylan and Boyd. I would have loved to have seen it. But I think that you need to have this final scene really just be about those two guys. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, I mean, I just don't think there's a way to meaningfully work, work that in. Maybe you show Boyd being taken to jail and exchanging a look with Dickie Bennett, but not four years later. No, not four years later. Uh, but we, we get Raylan here. Um, I, I don't, I, I guess I didn't know what he was going to say. I didn't think he was going to say anything about the kid. Uh, first of all, Boyd would just lose it at the fact that this kid's name was Zachariah. 
He would not like that. He would not be thrilled with the name choice. No, uh, I agree. Yeah, but but beyond that, um, I, I didn't think that Raylan was going to give up Ava here. It just did not seem like he was in the cards at all. Uh, but to come up with this cover story that Ava is dead, Caroline Dean was the name of the woman who was found, but the DNA matches and the picture matches and everything. Um, do you think that this is just something he's cooking up for Boyd or do you think that this is the story he turned in uh, when he went to look into this thing? Uh, who knows how long after uh, visiting Ava this takes place, but do you think that this is Raylan's official story that he has tried to establish? Uh, fair question. And I actually don't know the answer to that. If I had to guess, I'd say it's, it's a story that he's just telling Boyd uh, that he didn't really cook all that up and lie to the marshals. I think he probably just got back and said, eh, no, that wasn't her. You know, that wasn't it. Like, I, I don't know, maybe burying her gives her the opportunity uh, to live in, in peace. Like he was saying, and she's like, you're not the only one who keeps me from living in peace, but you got random marshals in Seattle out there just looking for her, like looking through pictures. It's a pretty terrifying life to live on the run so maybe by burying Ava Crowder like this if he did cook that up for the marshals like that's a good way to really pay back that the debt he might have felt like he owed her but I'd like to think that he did that but it's probably more likely that it's just a cooked up story for Boyd yeah Boyd hearing that Ava is dead is uh it's it's unbelievable uh unbelievable to see on his face just how emotional he is and uh just how how quietly he's trying to process it. Like he, it's almost like he hadn't allowed himself to think about Ava for so long uh, because like it didn't feel right to think about her. Like he didn't deserve to, uh, you know, he had tried to kill her. He pulled the trigger on her. And, you know, in my mind, I'm fan fictioning right now, but I mean, that's the beauty of a serious finale. You get to do that. But like, I, I like to think that probably a big part of the reason why he is able to kind of find religion again and spirituality again, is he probably looks at that moment as a mirror that like the monster that he had become uh, had like kind of divinely just been given no bullets, uh, no bullets in that moment. And this, this angel was spared. Uh, and here he finds that she, she is gone. She has died. It seems like she has died relatively peacefully asleep at the wheel, uh, probably very quick. Um, and he even says, you know, you know, between tears, he's not like outright crying as we've seen him do before. We've seen him in like fits of rage and sorrow. This is just a very kind of quiet processing of the moment where he says, uh, you know, okay, then, you know, maybe it's for the best. Uh, she'd been trying to get out and I just don't think it was possible there. Sometimes I think the only way that you could have gotten out of our town alive was to never be born there. Um, and he very quickly switches the subject to Raylan. Like, so how's Florida? <laughs> you know, um, it's, uh, it's, it's great. It's a, it's a really great final scene between these two. Yeah. Uh, and, and the, 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 we dug coal together line. It's so perfect. And, so earned and yet expected and yet unexpected. And it just, it, it really, I mean, I knew that that's what they were going to say, but the fact that they, these characters were able to come together and admit that to each other uh, was earned, but I didn't, I didn't know that they would get there emotionally in this scene. Uh, I thought that they might leave it with Raylan just kind of saying to Boyd, this is it. And you know, she's, she's dead and gone. And, and I didn't know that they would reach that emotional level. But when Boyd kind of crosses a line and says like, I, why are you, why are you here? I just want to ask you one more question. Like, why did you come to tell me? I thought you needed to hear it in person. Really, Raylan? Is that it? Like, that's the only reason. And then Raylan just kind of admits, well, if I allow myself to be sentimental, 
because we dug coal together. And yeah. I mean, it's just fantastic. Like not only is it, is it a callback to the pilot, it's a callback to the, the, the fantastically poetic and perfect ending of the short story fire in the hole that the pilot was based on the whole show spun out of that. It's just a really, really great line to end the show on. And I don't know at what point they knew they were going to end the show on that line. Um, but I didn't think, didn't think this final scene just really, really was delivering on everything that had gone on between Raylan and Boyd in that, in that moment. And I, I really respect when, when they go to black and they put a card up and they say, thank you to the people of Harlan County uh, who has shared your stories with us and to, you know, to the, the U S marshals as well. I think that we dug coal together line. It represents so much that is kind of unspoken about the bonds that are formed in places like Harlan County and about the way that you, you kind of build an, an, an allegiance with the people that you're in really tough situations with. You draw closer to your friend, your family, especially it's a very clannish kind of family based area. Uh, and, and for, for somebody to share that with you when you're down in a mine, I forget exactly how Raylan puts it on the pilot. It's just like when you're down underground that deep with the person, you really get close to them and you really, when you have to rely on them in those situations, you come to know somebody and like for them to share that bond and that bond to be a bond that, that withstood all of this uh, to the point that Raylan's going to really not put boy down and then come and give him this closure, uh, fake closure, of course, uh, is, is very meaningful to me, especially being from Kentucky. Yeah. Well, um, it's, it's a perfect way to end the series. And I think it's a perfect way to end this particular podcast. And I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll dig coal together very soon again, Antonio, as we kind of dig back through justified and just look at the series as a whole, try to try to catch our breath from this finale. And you and I will get together in a few days and we'll talk about the whole series and we'll post that podcast next Tuesday. Um, but you know, just as the show thanked, uh, Harlan County and the marshals and Elmore Leonard, uh, you know, just Huge thanks to everybody who's been listening to the Justified podcast that Antonio and I have done. Uh, I've said numerous times throughout this process that I think that these, uh, you know, all, all the goofiness aside that we've had tonight and throughout these podcasts, I, I really do mean these have been some of the most enjoyable podcasts I've done ever, but on post-show recaps and, and with you, Antonio. Um, and I think that they've been really, really fun and it's really helped me enjoy the show more. And I, I hope that the same uh, goes for you guys who've been listening. Um, and, you know, it, those of you who have been listening, Let's keep this going. Let's keep this going one more week. Let's hear from you. Uh, you can send us your questions for this upcoming feedback show. Uh, postshowrecaps.com slash feedback is the best way to do that. We'll get your emails that way. You can be a little long-winded. Uh, if you'd like to leave us voicemails, that's an opportunity as well. Postshowrecaps.com slash voicemail. Uh, you can tweet them to Antonio. You can tweet them to me. Antonio is at AC Mazzaro, two Zs, one R. I'm at Round Howard, like Ron Howard, but rounder. Uh, and you can, you can tweet that our way. And let's give them a hashtag and let's let's keep it simple how about hashtag we dug podcasts together antonio i like it let's do that uh guys it's a long night uh it is uh getting getting way past my bedtime over here i don't know about you antonio and i don't know about you guys who've been watching and listening along tonight but thank you all for sticking it out and everybody in the archives who's uh listened this far and who has listened to everything we've done you guys are all awesome we'll hear from you very soon and we will be back in one week uh with a final farewell to harlan county take care everybody Absolutely.